Good Monday morning. Hope you've enjoyed that long series we did on the Apocrypha and then the question last week. This week is going to be very challenging, uh, intentionally. So some of you that have joined me from day one with this, um, who told you about, are going to have a lot of questions and perhaps some real struggles after today. It's not done to make you struggle, but rather because I think the struggle has great value. I'll start. I remember when I was a boy, I had a teacher that said, never say true fact, because if it's true, it's a fact. And if it's a fact, it's true. It made perfect sense to me. I didn't want to use redundancies, and so I didn't use the phrase. It wasn't until years later, when you studied rhetoric, logic, and dialect, um, you, you find that these words are very different. And I'll give you an illustration. You can go not too far north of where I live now in Middle Tennessee to a state park. It's, it's very well signposted. And as you go there, there will be these massive, impressive steps, like you're walking up to the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And again, like that, there's this white marble structure at the very top. Got columns all along the front of it. And when you walk in, it's like you're in a holy space. And it's a very tight space because in that space is Lincoln's cabin. The cabin where the president of the United States that took the states through the Civil War and they was later assassinated, this is where he was born and grew up. Except it isn't. There's not one part of that log cabin that belonged to Lincoln's family. You see, shortly after his death, and there were a couple of instances before, people wanted to cash in on the patriotism and show that you know, we, we follow our president. And so they started showing cabins off as the home of Lincoln. These would be then put on um, trains and they'd be hauled about the country and then reset up, put back together so that people in you know, Indiana and people in Ohio and people in Pennsylvania or people where these people could see Lincoln's birthplace cabin. And there was at one time where there were several of these circulating at the same time. Well, many of them fell into disuse because after a while people didn't want to see it anymore. They'd seen it. They were going to pay more for it. And so these logs kind of went away and somewhere in a storehouse in the east, whenever somebody decided, you know, it's really time we should honor our president again. And so they got those logs that were in storage, which came from quite a few replica cabins. And when I say replica, you need air quotes around that because uh, the people who built these had never seen where Lincoln was born. And they put together a, a one-room log cabin and they shipped it to Kentucky where Lincoln's family lived for a short while and they created this vast structure around it. It was to show people respect for Abraham Lincoln. It was to teach them patriotism 
And it was also to show them that the man from, this is a big part of it, that a man from humble beginnings could pick himself up with his own bootstraps. You've heard that before. And rags to riches, the American story. Well, there were a lot of truths being said, but there weren't any facts there. Let me do, try another one. In Shakespeare's plays, and I hope your eyes didn't roll up in the back of your head and you faint away there. Uh, I had a teacher, uh, thank you, Miss Bauckham, that actually made Shakespeare interesting and fun. I didn't think it could happen. She did. She's uh, probably with Jesus now, but man, was that, that was an amazing experience. So Romeo and Juliet teaches us great truths about love, loyalty, the folly of human interaction, the tragedy of, uh, of feuds between families and the effects, the tragic effects that roll into their children's lives and into the greater society because all these things are truths, massive great truths, but there's not a fact there. It never happened. But you and I understand that, don't we? We understand this was fiction to teach us fact. No, it's fiction to teach us truth. Fiction can't be fact, but fiction can powerfully bring truth into play. Macbeth, the Scottish play, as it is otherwise known, uh, it, it taught about uh, the evil of scheming and murder and guilt. Uh, it's almost like the brothers Karamazov or Crime and Punishment, you know, massive Russian novels that everybody says they read, uh, or The Telltale Heart, um, a short story, that whole idea of guilt eventually consuming you and then the destruction. Many great truths are in that, in that play. No facts. In fact, Macbeth was actually a really good king. Um, no complaints here, he did a lot of great good, but the guy that killed him was a relative of the king at the time, so Shakespeare had to make Macbeth the villain. Still, no facts there, but a lot of great truths were told there. Where are we going? Well, Jesus tells parables. And when I was a kid, we were told to say a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. There's another way to put that. It's, a, it's fiction that is designed to bring us to truth, but it is not considered facts. So I'll give you an example. A sower went forth to sow. Now back then, uh, you've seen all the paintings. They would have a bag over here and loosely forming into a bag, this, um, this whole cloth arrangement. They'd reach in and they'd sling the seed as they go from place to place. Jesus said a sower went forth to sow and some of it fell in good ground, some on shallow ground, some on rocky ground, some of the birds came and got it. If you were a Bible literalist living at the time, uh, you, you might look at him and go, really Jesus, really? The sower wasn't paying attention, that he was throwing stuff on rocky ground. The sower didn't notice the birds and have somebody there to scare him off. The sower was just willy-nilly throwing and his seed fell equally on all of these places. Really, you could bust him 
for saying these aren't facts. Well, it's not supposed to be facts. It's supposed to be truth. A story that makes us think about how we receive the Word of God and what kind of soil we are. Good and fertile soil that'll bring forth fruit for Christ or rocky ground that looks like, you know, it, it might do okay for a while and then, but there are no roots. First storm comes through, we're done. Easily distracted, so the birds snatch it away. You get the point. We all get the point. We know the difference between truth and facts. And yet, oh my goodness, what a battle it is. For example, different writers put together the Old Testament and sometimes stories got duplicated. There's an Abraham and Sarah story, which uh, I do believe that Abraham in Egypt, they, um, Pharaoh was having a good look at Sarah and going, that's a hot woman there. Are you married? And Abraham was afraid that if he said, yeah, we're married, Pharaoh would kill him to take the wife. So he says, no, this is my sister. Um, an act of cowardice, a lie, all this other. It's a, it's a great story. It also shows us how we get Hagar, Ishmael. It explains so much. But then the story's told again when Sarah's in her 90s in a different place. Is that a fact? It'd be very hard to say. I've had people say, well, ask them, and they'll say, you know, people held up a lot better back. No, no, they didn't. Not at this stage. You know, you can make that argument for maybe before the flood if you want to make that argument. But this was long after. Um, so what's going on? The story is not told to give us facts. The story is told to teach us a truth about Abraham's behavior and its consequences. That's hard for people to deal with, but the Bible does say rightly divide or correctly handle the word of truth. It doesn't say what many bumper stickers have said. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, let's, let's learn the difference between truth, hyperbole, synecdoche, metaphor, story, and just the facts. I was uh, way too young a fella to really understand it, and I think it was well into reruns then, but I don't, I don't know. We'd be uh, stateside, and there was a, um, a show with a, a police officer called Joe Friday, and uh, this, the show was called Dragnet. Had really no connection to the Dan Aykroyd movie of later. Uh, and they were, they were stone-faced the whole time. Just the facts, just the facts. And I think that was supposed to give us comfort that the police weren't going off of emotions or being pressured by anybody. It was just, just the facts. Well, that was a make-believe world then, and it's a make-believe world now. None of us do just the facts. If I go to my wife today later and um, I, I say, I love you, and she looks at me and she goes, all right, give me the reasons, just the facts. Um, no because there's truth there. We have a story we've shared. We have, um, we have dreams that we've seen blossom. We've, sat, we've had dreams die in the gutter. We've gone through all these things and these are emotions and events. They're not just facts. God teaches us a lot through emotions and, and through truths. Think of the book of Ezekiel. Uh, it's a hard book to think of, I know, but think of the book of Ezekiel. All of those 
things he saw with wheels and eyes and alike. Do you believe he, those are literal creatures? Or do you believe he was trying to describe something undescribable? I'm very firm, firm in the latter there. And one of the reasons is, is because he tells us that if you pay attention, as you go through his descriptions, it'll say, seems like, like as unto. He's trying to find words. Think of the book of Revelation. Is, is there really a dragon and it's got seven heads? And then there's this thing riding up to here with blood and, or are these truths being taught to us through picture and emotion and story instead of just listing the facts? There are times I would really like the listing of the facts. Thank you very much. Because I'll get questions from people that will say, well, what about the, uh, the end of the world? What happens first and second and third? And, and I always bump out there and say, well, the Bible says time shall be no more. Time is movement through space. Therefore, physics is over. And there's no this, then that, then this, then that. And therefore, God can't describe it in a way that is just the facts. We know a whole lot of stuff's going to happen. But what, when, there, there is no when. You see how this, see why God has to teach us truth sometimes? Because, well, as opposed to the famous line in the movie, we can't handle the facts, but we can handle the truth. I'll give you another illustration, and we're going to do this again next Monday. So just be prepared, all right? I'm not going to try to go through the Bible and divide everything truth and fact. But think of this. You are Moses. Now, Moses may have written the first chap two chapters of Genesis. He may have collected it from an earlier writer. There are people that even try to make the case that Adam wrote it, but whatever, he was responsible. Uh, the way people look back on it, they said, those are the books of Moses. So we're going to do that. Moses was, a, uh, was raised in Egypt, and then he became head of sheep, Sinai division, for 40 years. Then he was offered a stick and his brother and told to go to Egypt and free the slaves. That's his sum total of educational and scientific background. How is God going to talk to him about creation ex nihilo, out of nothing? We all now agree that at once upon a time something blew up, but the way the world tries to do it is once upon a time there was nothing, then it blew up, and that, that, that's a problem. We're going to talk about that in future uh, Monday morning messages. How is God going to tell Moses that the stories he hears, you know, the Canaanite myths of wars between gods and are biting pieces out of each other and slinging it up, which becomes these stars and then this, that. How is he going to tell Moses, no, creation was done orderly, on purpose, by design, the unfolding plan of God? He's going to have to use Moses' known terms. Not just Moses' known terms, terms known during that time. So, he's going to talk about days when this was put, and then this was put, and this was put. And we look back at it and we say, you know, scientifically, there are some issues here. You know, there are plants before there is sunlight. There is a little bit of different order and some different things in the second chapter than the first. And, you know, we're going, oh, it wasn't written for the scientific mind to look for facts. It was written to teach us truth. 
just like the sower, just like the parables, just like the book of Revelation or Ezekiel, to teach us truths. God created the world. In the beginning, God. And God is still heavily involved, intimately involved with the world and with the people on it. Therefore, we should behave appropriately. That's the great truth. If you don't grasp this yet, I would like for you to please go outside of your home, your condo, wherever you are. Find a bug, a cricket, find a worm, any, any little critter. Maybe you have one of those little shaky purse dogs. All right, if that's all you got, let's bring that one in. Now, explain quantum physics to that. Well, it's not gonna happen, is it? You might say, I don't know quantum physics. Fair enough, fair enough. It, tell that thing how to bake a cake, how to fix a sink, how you mow a lawn, why you mow a lawn. It, it's futile, isn't it? Because the facts are beyond the ability of the receiver to ever understand. So instead, we, we don't try with our little kids. We don't tell them all the facts. We tell them the greater truths because the facts are something they have to learn as they get older. They're not ready for the facts yet. So we tell them about greater truths. Part two on this next Monday. And I expect again, this to set some things in motion. Well, wait till we talk about next week and a couple of illustrations we use. You ready? Hang in there. We can do this. God bless you. Thank you for supporting us. If you have questions, uh, you can write me at patrick at rsafeharbor.com and you can donate via Tithely, PayPal, or through check, but you can find all of that at our website, which is a lot of fun. You gotta go do the interactive map at rsafeharbor.com. Thank you, cheers.